Welcome to Between the Lines, a podcast by the Timothy Project. Tune in to an intriguing, mind-stimulating podcast where your mind-boggling questions in the Bible are analyzed. Simply breaking down mysteries in the Bible, precept upon precept in the scriptures until we see Jesus. Be blessed as you listen. So you're welcome back to Between the Lines. And as you know, or if you're new to this podcast, we segment our, our podcast and a blog post into series or siri <laughs> and we are on the vocabulary of salvation we've discussed sin justification righteousness you need to listen to them and also read the blog post so that you are up to date it's still between the lines podcast but then there's going to be a little twist where we are changing something <laughs> change is good and there's change right here on this podcast as well. And the change is in change of hosts. I've said a lot of change because your girl right here is going to the North. We'll talk about that much later, I think. But I would want us to meet our new host so that the transition is smooth. So new host, would you want to greet the audience? <laughs> How are you doing? Hi, audience. <laughs> I'm good. I'm I'm stoked to be here. I'm excited for this. I mean, get used to the voice. You're going to be hearing it more often. And yeah, I'm happy to All be right. here. All right. So she's Eugenia. And um, I'm excited that she's going to be doing this because I have heard her talk about these things. I mean, things concerning the gospel and concerning our salvation and why we're here. And I love the fact that she's passionate about it. And she's quite vocal and an interesting person. I'm flowing you, Eugenia. Do you see, see that? I'm just smiling over here. Like, <laughs> if you see my face right now, I have the biggest grin. Thank you. Please lay it on me. <laughs> so I'm actually very excited that you're doing this. And I'm, I'm super sure that you'll be enjoying the podcast that she'll be hosting from now on so today i'll just sit in as a humble host and allow her to do her thing so over to you eugenia thank you so friends i mean we're going to have a lovely time we're going to have an exciting time but more importantly we're going to have a memorable time we're just going to learn more about god and more about ourselves and as usual we have beth mond also here with us today do you want to say hi Hi guys, how are you doing? Right. So, like Marvel said, we've we've gone, we're still on the vocabulary of salvation series, and we've treated some topics already. If you haven't listened to those podcasts or you haven't read the blog post yet, I mean, what are you waiting for? Jesus is around the corner. There's no time to waste. So <laughs> make sure you do that. But for today, we'll be discussing a very interesting concept or a very interesting topic, and it's remission. We'll be talking about remission today. So before we go into that, we'll be dedicating this podcast to Aphesia, Bethman's little daughter. She's the cutest. 
And just as it was, the blog post was dedicated to her, we'll be dedicating this podcast to her as well. So that's that. But let's let's go on to discuss the, the topic for today. Bethman, can you tell us what remission means? Like when we when we say the word remission, what's the meaning behind it? Okay, so um, uh, when you turn to your um, dictionary and you look up the word remission, um, uh, some would say the forgiveness of sins. Some would look at remission in the context of illness. So when we look at the word um, uh, remission in the context of illnesses, um, let's say if someone has cancer or has a terminal disease and we say the disease has gone into remission, it means that the symptoms have stopped showing or the uh, it has disappeared. I'm, a, I'm, I'm not a medical doctor in house. Marvelous, you'll be able to provide some more insight into that aspect of the word remission. But what <laughs> remission actually means, it's um, it's a combination of two words. The word has Latin origins, right? Uh, the word missio means to send, right? And the uh, word re, the prefix re that is attached to it, it either means to to take away or to re or to do again right so when we put hmm. the two together and we look at the word remission it means to take away in the biblical context when we talk about the remission of sins it means the removal and the taking away of our sin and guilt right so when the when the biblical authors use the word this is how they want us to look at the word it is the removal of humanity's sin or a person's sin and guilt from the individual, separated mm. from the individual. And that is what we mean when we look at the word remission. Right. That's a very awesome in-depth definition of the word. Um, I just find the concept of the, the removal of the sin quite interesting because then it, it means that the offender is treated as though the offense has not even happened, you know, because it's completely removed from you. But I find that that's, you know, that's not the rhetoric a lot of people know, you know, with forgiveness, we say forgive and forget, but, you know, we don't usually find that to be the case in our relationships. And we tend to think the same of God. But is it the same when God says that there's remission of sins for us in him? Is it that we're forgiven, but the sin is not forget- forgotten? So um, here's the thing. Yes, when God forgives us, the sins are forgiven. I remember, let me let me use this illustration. I remember when we were in um, uh, Sunday school, um, uh, I don't know where this concept came from, but we were told that when we get to heaven, God will all stand before God and they would uh, play the videotape of your life and all your the bad things that you have done will be shown for everybody to see. And, and that thing used to scare me to death the bone like <laughs> i was so terrified of that i remember for for some time i used to actually bath in my boxer shorts and my i used to bath <laughs> clothes like because i didn't want god to play my video for everybody to see me naked so i was just trying to like <laughs> make amends for it and i remember this thing I was like wow that was, so I was so silly back then but yeah that's that's the that's a little boy with that image painted. So I be I grew up seeing God as um, um, someone who was um, uh, vindictive, looking for uh, 
like he has, he has every sin that you've committed written in a, a little book and he's going to remind you of it one day and then hmm. what what made it worse was this uh, song that we, they used to teach us not that the song had bad intentions but the 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 way the song was captured right he sees what you do he hears what you say what you my say? god is listening all the time 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 so it's like god like god is not going to let me catch a break like but here's mm-hmm. the thing when the bible talks about the forgiveness of sins right there's a, there's an interesting scripture it says that for i will be merciful to their iniquities right and their sins and iniquities i will remember no more god has committed himself that when he forgives you he will remember your sins no more and that is that is the god we serve right not that god is a forgetful god he chooses to forget mm. he wipes the clean clean to give us a fresh start and that is that is how god forgives us i find that that in our in most of our human interactions um, uh, we we either tend to do one of the two sometimes we forget and move along and don't actually forgive or when we forgive we don't actually forget right and uh, but i feel like forget. that's 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 what god does for us he forgives us and wipes our slate clean right Mavs, anything to add? Yeah, I guess um, for me, I feel like when when people hear that God forgives and forgets sin, it's hard for them to get because then they are thinking that God would automatically um, have no memory, as in God just has amnesia. But I see it in this sense that when someone calls something into remembrance, it means that they are they are using it as a point of call for something else or as a reference. So when God says he forg- forgives your sins and forgets it, I see it. The, the part that is more understandable for me is that he doesn't, he doesn't hold it against us anymore. Like there's no, the, he doesn't use it as a point of reference anymore. I don't know what I get what I'm trying to say. So it's yeah. not, yeah. yeah, I think it's, it's not, okay, I think it's not really like a, and God just has amnesia. And then and then God says, maybe you did something with your girlfriend. And God says, Ah, you had a girlfriend. What's her name again? So God does not do that. God, God is more like He's not going to use it as a point of reference for anything. It's not a mm. it's not a um a point of, of call for for as a you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So you no longer have to live by that because he remembers it no more. That's awesome. And I mean, just to cap it off, I just find that concept so empowering because we don't sin against anybody. Well, sin doesn't hurt anybody more than it hurts God. We sin mm-hmm. against God. And if he, in, in, in this place of remission, if he is able to, in quotes, forget our sins, then nobody else is allowed to hold our sins against us. So every time that, you know, as you're listening, if there's a sin or a particular event in your life that the devil has been torturing you with, God has forgotten it and he's who matters. Mm -hmm. He's the one who could have, you know, punished you or meted out some sort of uh, judgment on your action. But he has decided yeah. to forget it. Everybody else is just in the courtroom. They don't get mm. to hold it against you. And, mm. and I find that so awesome. Yeah. Right. 
but moving on, how how in the Bible, how did the writers of the Old Testament um, picturize the, the concept of remission? Because it wasn't a very forgiving time, you know. <laughs> yeah, so um, here's the thing. Um, uh, when the when God set out on the whole um, uh, justification, salvation um, uh, endeavor, he started out with a, a man named Abraham, right? And over and over, if you've listened to the blog we, we've, or you've read the blog and listened to the podcast, we've tried to do a historical recap of how Abraham gave birth to Isaac, Isaac, Jacob, and Esau, um, and then Jacob, becomes the 12 tribes through his 12 sons. The 12 tribes become the nation of Israel. They are in captivity in Egypt. After 400 years, they come out. And when God is bringing them out as his people, as a shining light, as the people through whom God is going to save the rest of the world, God has to um, uh, institute a certain way that he would relate to them. So they give them the laws and the laws were of three threefold there were the nationalistic israeli laws there were the um, uh, moral laws or the moral code we usually refer to those as the ten commandments and there were the um, uh, temple rituals or the temple laws the this latter part the temple rituals or the temple laws uh, were laws that were given to the nation because they were going to be a people who would have god dwell in their midst and if we know anything about god is that god is holy he's different Right, and he does things differently. How is a holy God who cannot stand sin, who will punish sin wherever he sees it? How is this holy God going to dwell in the midst of a sinful people? That was one of the questions that God had to mm. solve. Right. And in doing right. that, the concept of forgiveness and remission showed up. So, yes, there were sacrifices that individuals did when they they discovered their sin. When you discovered your sin, you would do a sin offering. You'd go with a ram uh, without blemish to the uh, temple. And uh, you, the sacrifice would be, you lay hands on this ram and the sacrifice will be made on your behalf and that will take care of your sin. But on a special day, which was, known of the, which was known as the Day of Atonement, there was a special ceremony that was held. It involved, and it was an elaborate ceremony that involved about five levels of sacrifice. The first was a bull. The bull was offered on behalf of the priests, right? The priest would offer for himself and the, all the other priests, the Levites, those who served in the temple. Then came the right. lamb. The, there were two lambs, one for the lamb of the purification of the temple and the, the lamb that takes away the sin. But there were two goats in, in, in the whole um, uh, re, re, sacrifice, sacrificial system, right? And those two goats help us picture the concept of remission quite well. So what would, ha what would happen is that on the Day of Atonement, then the nation would bring two goats to the temple and they would cast lots on the goats maybe bluebird bluebird how old are you that kind of thing <laughs> <laughs> right they would they would um, uh, <laughs> they would um, uh, cast lots on the on the goats and the one on whom the lot fell is the one who would be sacrificed right and that goat would have to die because when the lots fell on the goats, what would happen is that the leaders of the various tribes would lay their hand on the goat and proclaim their sins on the goat. So the sins of the nation 
fell upon this animal, right? Wow. Yes, the entire weight of the sins upon this nation fell upon this animal. And what happened is that the wages of sin is death, right? The price for sin is death. So that animal had to die. But another thing is, if that animal had died, where does the sin go? So the, it, mm-hmm. let's look at it as um, one action, right? So it's one action in two motions, right? So right. the sin is put on this good, but the sin must be removed from God's presence. So the price is being paid for, but the sin must go away. And that's that's where the second good comes in. And interestingly, that's where we get the, from the term, the scapegoat, right? Because that good becomes the scapegoat for the, for the year. Because as one is dying, hmm. the, the other carrying the rest of the sins of the nation carries the sin from God's presence. So this good is taken out of the camp of Israel into some wilderness somewhere to represent the taking away of the sin from God's presence. So in one fell soup, sin has been paid for and the presence of the sin has been taken away from the midst of the people. And that is how we should picture forgiveness, that the price has been paid for your forgiveness. And at the same time, the thing that made you guilty, your sin, the weight of it has been removed from God's presence. So God cannot see your sin, so he cannot punish you. That's, that's, that's how we put mm. it. Right. Right. That's, that's an amazing but, concept though. Yep. It's, it's one of those things that um, uh, the authors of the Bible just put in various forms in the old testament and uh, with deep reading and thinking it to you see the pictures being painted there awesome ladies and gentlemen this is why you should continue to listen to between the lines because we're just connecting the dots over here and drawing full pictures just so we can better understand these things and marvel do you have anything to add um for me anytime these things are described in in the blog post in on this podcast, I'm like my heart is always very, very, uh, for lack of a better expression, like excited about the fact that God really put in a lot of thoughts into this, and He's He's working such that we can live with Him because He's that holy and He's that righteous, and He knows that we are the entire opposite of it. So instead of get rid of us, mm. instead of getting rid of us, I mean, He would rather go through this elaborate plan to get rid of our sin, even to the point of putting it on his own son. So every time, it just reminds me that really there's nothing that can stand between us and God because he has already paid the price. More than that, he has taken the sin away from his sight. And so Mm -hmm. to him, we are as holy and as righteous because he has literally put that cloak and that title on us and it just causes me to praise him every single time. Come on now. <laughs> Ali, I, I, I love that. At this point. Talk, listen, we'll be releasing another sermon series on this separately. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I love what you said about how, um, you know, the solution. And I mean, we see that a lot, even in our own literature and our own art. Um, and even in movies that the supervillains, uh, solution for the human condition is a lot of times just to wipe the slate clean uh, by killing everybody and then starting over. And Thanos. yet, God's solution, yeah, Thanos is one. <laughs> I mean, he did his job well. 
he was proud of himself listen you you, you can't actually hate him because you see where he's coming from you know but god's solution isn't to wipe the world clean but to wipe the human clean like to to give mm-hmm. return us to that state of um unblemished and it's amazing that you know we have this opportunity in christ because that's the only place you know where this solution is possible but how do we um, link christ's sacrifice on the cross to you know these lovely goods that were sacrificed <laughs> and let me tell you when i read the blog post my first thought i don't even like to you my first thought was so the scapegoats and what if someone catches it it's <laughs> You know, um, not to digress too much, but you know, there's um, a, some cults that um, 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 this satanic movement called some worship the uh, pentagram, right? The, uh, they call it the baphomet, the goat head, right? That forms the form of a, an inverted star of David, the um, uh, five. Okay. Yes, um, that good symbol is actually the representation of the scapegoat, the embodiment of sin. That's that's what some some of these cults worship. Just just to put it out there. Yes, and then um, see. <laughs> okay, this is what we're not gonna do. Like, <laughs> yeah. But, um, I was uh, thinking of sexy goat's meat soup. Like, uh, people yeah. are out here trying to eat sin. But okay, w- then. what actually happened is, even the the individual who was tasked with the responsibility of taking this this particular goat outside of the camp into the wilderness, when he came back to the camp, he had to burn his clothes. He had to perform a cleansing ritual so that he would be clean and accepted because he has literally carried the embodiment of sin out, right? Mm-hmm. But. Let's come home to the real question. Right. The question is, how does Christ fit into all of this? Um, you remember at the I say this like we were there, but you remember <laughs> at the at the baptism of Jesus Christ, I mean, when John the Baptist saw Jesus coming, <laughs> the expression he used, he says, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Right. And the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, that God made him who knew no sin to become sin for us. Mm. At a, on the on the cross, what actually happened? So you see, in the in the in the two good uh, image, the sin is put on the good, killed, and the sin is taken out. Right? What happened? Right. What happened for us in Christ is that Christ took upon the weight, the 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 full weight of the sin of humanity, and and I believe strongly when. Jesus was in the in the um, uh, Garden of Gethsemane praying so hard that the Bible says his sweat became like drops of blood. This was actually the inner struggles of Jesus because he is one with the Father. He has been one with the Father for all eternity. Think about it this way. Mm-hmm. When you've been with somebody you love for so long, a wife, um, a, a husband, a child, a friend, and you have to go on a very long journey experience that separation and you you feel it in a way that um, somebody who does not have that relationship with you cannot explain and these are people yeah. we've got to know just in a short frame of time in a short period so imagine mm-hmm. a relationship that has existed from eternity that has not known separation all oh, they've God. known is a loving fellowship and christ takes upon himself to carry the sin 
of humanity. And he knows mm. that the moment he carries that sin, that burden of sin for all humanity, the normal response of God, if God is true to who he is, is that there must be separation because God cannot mm. stand sin. Right. right. So on the cross, when he cried out, my father, my father, why have you forsaken me? He was he was carrying the weight of humanity's sin such that God had to turn an eye from Jesus. And on the cross, he carried the sin. He died carrying our sin and he took our sins to the grave. But the good news is that the sin was left in the grave, but Jesus came out. Yes. Hey, come yeah, on so now. He took our sins away to a place where we don't have to go. Mm. Right? And he right. came back and has offered us life. So that's 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 how Jesus fits into the whole thing. We don't have two Jesuses like we had to go to. We have one Jesus who carries our sins, mm. takes it away, and is now back offering us life because our sin has been dealt with. Right. That's just amazing. I mean, every time we discuss all of these different concepts, we just keep emphasizing on how Christ plays such a big role. And we really can't discuss it enough, you know, the role Jesus plays. Marvel, do you have something to say? Um, I guess it would just be like a a sort of um, a reiteration to say that the scapegoats went outside the camp and and so did Jesus Christ. The goat for atonement was killed and so was Jesus Christ. And it's just lovely for me that um, in all of these things, yeah, in all of these things, he, he died to, how do I put it? Like it's, it just confirms he's saying that he came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. Because he did exactly what the law prescribed in order to set us free. But Charlie, when when Bethlehem was speaking Hmm. the whole time, I was like, yeah, he'll go, God. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be doing the most. But yeah, I mean, the picture picture is amazing. It really is. And it's just lovely to sit back and realize that just so he can fellowship with us, he broke fellowship with his son. And, you know, knowing how important fellowship is to God, I mean, it's, it's just heartwarming to, to know that you've been wanted so much. Uh, but so we're moving on to, to another um, part of the blog post that described two Greek words that are usually trans- translated as remission in the English language. So, uh, Bethman, do you want to speak on that? So, yep, uh, in the New Testament, there are two particular words that um, uh, our English translators usually translate to the word remission. Um, They are the words paresis and the words aphasis. Um, uh, Paresis is the one that is used less often. It basically means to let go or to disregard. Right. So when when they use the word paresis, they are 
trying to get across the notion that God has decided to disregard our sin or also to, or to let it go. The next word they use is the word aphasis. And um, uh, interestingly, like um, uh, Eugenia mentioned, this is where I got the inspiration for my daughter's name. My daughter's name is aphasia. It's a name I coined out from... Um, this is cute. I was actually doing a study on remission and actually teaching a class on this when um, I fell in love with the whole idea of God's forgiving grace and decided to do that if I ever have a daughter, that will be her name. So that, that's, that's what No, we it's more vocabulary of salvation family that we become. <laughs> you understand? His son will be called justice. Come on. Uh, let's not stretch it that far. <laughs> No, give him another series. Don't worry. Okay, okay. So here's the thing, right? So the word um, um, aphasis, it means to release from bondage or imprisonment. It also means to pardon a crime worthy of punishment, right? And depending on the context it appears, it can also mean forgiveness. So it usually embodies these three mm -hmm. concepts all at once um in the bible right. in the new testament the word aphasis is most of it often translated forgiveness when it's not used as remission right and the two are so closely linked if you read um, uh, ephesians chapter 1 verse 7 when paul is talking about the blessedness of the believer that we are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places one of the things sometimes we forget when we read that in the verse 3 is that he's actually outlining the blessings and one of the main blessings he outlines in the verse 7 is that he says in him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness the faces of our sins according to the riches of his grace you know when you and i are relating with people we understand how sometimes forgiveness can be painful, right? And it's one of the, the, the difficult things to do in, in life. If, if you've, you've not mm -hmm. ever had to forgive somebody or something gruesome they did to you, wait till you experience it and you realize how painful it is because mm -hmm. there is a part of you that wants justice, but, and you feel like forgiving the person is too easy. Right. Right. But yeah. God does that at his own expense. And that is that is that is what we see in 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 the gospel. That in at his own expense, God lets go of our sins. He lets go of our our guilt. He lets go of our shame. And not only does he he um, just let it go. He pays the price for it. I think um, when we when we look at uh, the towards the end of the series, I'll give a brief talk on the portrait of the cross. I believe the cross is a very instrumental thing when we look at it in the right context. That being said, mm -hmm. when it comes to the preaching of the gospel, right? I the the I feel like sometimes we we forget the the crucial role of remission here's a here's here's a, the point i'm trying to get across you know sometimes when we go out we are and we go out to preach the gospel sometimes uh, the message you got is oh jesus loves you or god loves you he wants to be with you uh accept jesus mm -hmm. but but what was the actual message jesus sent the disciples out there to go and preach 
Because in Matthew 28, we see that he's sending them to go and preach. But what's the actual message he sends them out with? If you read Matthew, Luke chapter 24, 46 to 48, he says, then he said to them, this is Jesus speaking, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise again mm-hmm. from the dead on the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all the nations beginning at Jerusalem and you are witnesses mm-hmm. of these things. So the gospel message is basically there is remission of sins in the name of Jesus. If you submit your life to Jesus, your sins will be forgiven and be taken away. This is the gospel message. Right. And mm. uh, I, I believe this, wow. this, this, this is what we should look at when we look at the words paresis and aphasis. It's forgiveness. It's letting go. It's freedom. It's being set free from the guilt of our sins. Amazing. I mean, I, I like how you started with us understanding the concept of um forgiving you know i think a lot of times when we make things personal or when we internalize these concepts we begin to understand how how much love god has 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 you know given to us in in even scripture tells us that while we were yet sinners he was planning all these things for us and i mean look at how difficult it is to forgive someone when they are asking for forgiveness and think how almost impossible it will be to forgive somebody who is not even trying to be apologetic about what they've done. Mm-hmm. And if I can trip something in. Please do. Yeah, so it's just two main things that came to mind when Bethman was speaking. So first, um, it just reminded me of the fact that when we started, especially when we started with sin, we talked about the fact that sin is what's wrong with the world and it's like a disease and it's literally eating, eating us up alive and it's infiltrating every single part of our, our bodies. Seeing it that way makes remission all the more um, real because like Bethman said in the beginning, remission is, is like taking away every trace of, of a disease or every trace of of um, uh, that's deformity. The doctor, that's the doctor of, speaking. Hey, <laughs> relax for me. <laughs> Please take your notebooks and pens out. This is factual in. medical information. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, but but yeah, so you can imagine um, sin being a cancer, right? And it's pretty much eating up everything and we can't control it. And it's influencing every part of us. And eventually, we are, it's leading to death. That's exactly how sin is. And then remission then comes when all these, all these cancer cells are literally taking out. And so you are, mm. you are free from all the, not just the, the cells, the cancer cells, but you are free from all the, the side effects of it, all the problems that came with it. And so you are not headed to, to death like you would have if you still had that cancer. And that's, and that's kind of grace and, and, um, and um, liberty that imparts. It's just amazing for me. Another aspect I wanted us to right. look at is right. the fact that 
God gives us remission so that we can show that same forgiveness and grace to other people. I think I heard this story of a woman. I, I don't remember where, but one of those um, war-prone African countries. And she had, she, she, was, she was somewhere with her husband and those young um, soldiers came in and used, I think, a cutlass or so to hit her head and killed her husband right in front wow. of her. And apparently, like, afterwards, they, they were arrested and whatnot. She healed, but she had to be in the hospital for several years. But afterwards, she, she decided to go and evangelize to the same prisoners. And apparently, one day, she met the person who killed her husband. And she, she couldn't forget the face because, obviously, like, it was right in front of her. But she forgave this person and adopted him as her son. Hmm. And when something like that happens, you know that it has to be God that is influencing this lady. Because this amount of, yeah, so hmm. this amount of forgiveness cannot come from anybody else but from God. And so once we understand that God has been able to forgive us of much, we automatically become dispensers of this forgiveness. And then when people hear our stories, they know for sure that it's nobody else but God. Do you get it? So instead of, yeah. I mean, not just instead, I mean, um, we, are, we are not just taking this in that God loves us and God has forgiven us, but we are, we're also being called to show this amount of grace to everybody else. Mm. Mm. That's, that's a wonderful um, addition to what we've done so far. You know, just, and, it is it's just a, a good call for all of us, including those of you who are listening. I mean, because forgiving him, Podia, it would have been so hard, but adopting him, becoming a mother to that person is <laughs> obviously not human. It is not from the human heart. Our hearts are desperately wicked. Please, no cap. Let's just accept our weaknesses <laughs> and, and you know, lean on God for his strength. Um, I mean, this has been exciting. This has been memorable, as I said at the beginning. And honestly, life-changing as well, because I feel, you know, more convicted now to, to show a forgiving heart to others, you know, just to represent God. Because I can't let all of this goodness go to waste. Yep. And so, you, Bethany, you, what, are your, what are your final, uh, what's your final take on all of this? Um, my final take would be, first off, um, if you're listening to us and um, you have not opened up your heart to receive the forgiving embrace of God, your father, my father, our father, um, today would be the best day to do that. Secondly, for those of us um, listening, the believers that are listening to this podcast today, um, I don't know who has hurt you or who has done something that's has deeply scarred you. But one thing I want to know is that there is grace in Christ Jesus to provide comfort for every wound. And not only is there grace to provide comfort for the wound, God gives you grace to give, to extend grace and forgiveness to the offender. I know sometimes we carry so much pain, so much trauma from our past, Amen. 
Um, you might have been raped. You might have been abused. Somebody who was in a place of authority over you might have abused the authority. The pain is immense. And you are going through um, a lot of inner turmoil. As much as mm. I recommend therapy, which is good for you, I recommend that you forgive. And the Bible tells us that not only are we to forgive, we are to forgive as Christ or God in Christ has forgiven us. Mm. Right. And uh, like Mavio said, I, I, I don't know how I can get the inner strength to forgive like the, the woman in Mavio's story forgave that man. The only person who gives us grace to extend that level of forgiveness to such um, levels of pain, it can only be God. And today, mm-hmm. I, I, I recommend that we lean on the grace of God. The same grace that came to forgive us, empowers us to extend that forgiveness to others. Because as we enjoy the forgiveness of God, it is in forgiving others. It is in showing the unconditional love of God to others that they can see and see the, the life of God in us. Because like the very beginning, we're made to reflect the image and the likeness of God. Now in Christ, we are made to reflect the express image of God in Christ Jesus. So let's go out there. Let's forgive those who have hurt us. Let's let them go in our hearts. I know it's difficult. I know it's painful, but there is grace if we rely on Jesus Christ. Amen. Wow. I feel like this is like a full-on altar call. And I mean, if you feel that way too, please don't hesitate in um, saying the prayer of salvation. God is always waiting to hear from you. Marvel, any takeaways? I guess um, in addition to all that Beth Moon has said, I'll just say that when you're listening to these things, kindly take some time and soak it in because this God that we're talking about is real and the things that he has done for us are real. They're not just stories. And if you take your time to experience him, he's ever ready to, to have that relationship with you. I mean, he has planned for this from the beginning. Come on, like everything is prepared for you. Literally, there's a feast right in front of you. If only you open up your mouth and let him fill it. <laughs> Our God is nice. That's mm. it for me. Yeah. Clear. It's the God for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> right. So, friends, we've been talking about remission, which, I mean, I feel like at the end of this, we all have some idea or concept about what remission is which is the forgiveness of our sins in that it's a two-way action that God takes. He not only paid the price for our sins, he takes away the sin from us so that it is no longer remembered. And this is what Jesus does for us on the cross. He pays the price with his blood and he takes the sin away into hell where we never have to go. But by the grace of God, Jesus rose up from the grave And so in the words of Pilate, as recorded in Matthew chapter 27, verse 22, what will you do with this Jesus who is called Christ? Mm. Lovely having you. Hope to see you next week. Stay blessed. Thank you for tuning in to Between the Lines by the Timothy Project. 
The Timothy Project is a crowdfunded discipleship ministry that seeks to train and disciple young believers, presenting them perfect to Christ. What we do here is made possible by your generous gifts and donations. If you've been blessed and seek to support us, you can find our giving options in the description below. Keep tabs on our website for exciting blog posts. You can also interact with us on our social media handles in the description below. The Timothy Project, presenting every man perfect.